It's the Sunday Cafe with Roman Travis on Magic Talk. So important at this time of the year to make sure your dogs are happy because we're all focused on us and what we want and what we need. But Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs is here. G'day, Darren. G'day. How are you today? I'm good. It is, it's that time of the year where you're focused on going away and getting stuff wrapped up yeah. and your dogs may be overlooked a little bit. Well, yeah, and, and it's quite often this is a time when we all get new dogs and puppies, isn't it? So mm. I always argue whether Christmas is the right time to buy a dog just because oh. we never really know if we've got the time to put in. To yeah. It. But one thing that I've noticed over the years is that in terms of me getting calls around Christmas is actually one of the busiest times and I think I've worked out why people generally can ignore their dogs can't they during the year they can just you know they're so busy and everything mm. the behaviors just creep up and they're not too bothered and then suddenly they're all thrown together around for maybe three four weeks of Christmas and yeah. then it's like oh my god what is going on with my dog I got to sort it out yeah so one of the things I wanted to talk about very quickly really it's just about dog trainers in general mm. and and how do we pick a dog trainer how do we pick a good dog trainer because one of the one of the things that i've noticed is that i could do a one day course with somebody mm. and then i could call myself a dog trainer mm-hmm. and i could then sell myself on the internet with a really good website and you could come to me and pay me lots of money but you don't know really what you're getting, do you? So how do you know as a consumer when you go onto the internet, how do you know who to choose? Well, it's really hard. In New Zealand, there's no actual recognised qualification, no government-approved recognised qualification like like an NCA or that kind of thing Mm -hmm. for dog trainers. So I'm a member of the Association of Pet Dog Trainers, which is a... Um, it's actually a worldwide organisation, the APDT, mm-hmm. and we're the New Zealand, or we're the New Zealand branch. I'm a member of the New Zealand branch, and they've set standards and code of ethics so that you can be sure that when you go to their website and pick one of their trainers, that you're getting quality, high. Um, high value product, really. I suppose that trainer really knows what they're doing. Can I, I just, just ask though? Yeah. It's like anything. We all, like if I ask 10 people their opinion on how to train a dog and they proclaim to be experts, you might get a wide variety of opinions. Some people believe that a rolled up newspaper and a bit of a slap on the nose is okay, but you don't believe in any of that. No, so so one of the things about this organisation and myself is it's a force-free organisation and it's the only way, in my opinion, the only way to train a dog. If you want to hurt your dog or you want to shock the dog or hit it on the head, why get a dog? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no reason to, is it? They're meant mm-hmm. to be your, long, you know, your loving little pet. Yeah. yeah. So, Mind you, I do have to say that some of the dogs I've seen in cafes, the stupid little handbag dogs, they need a jolly good slapping. Well, <laughs> they're so I'd, naughty. I'd almost, go, I'd almost go along and say, well, let's look at the owners first, day. Eh? <laughs> Rather than that so much. Speaking of looking at the owners, you and I had the pleasure of catching up on Thursday during the week with um, the dog that I borrow a lot. I love it a bit. Izzy the borrowed Waimarana. Yes, isn't she gorgeous? She is. Oh. She's a lovely dog. She's five years old. She's pretty set in her ways, isn't she? She is, yeah. And a lot of dogs, they, after five years, they've, they've done things habitually. Mm. Yeah? And the same as us, we take them for a walk at exactly the same time. We feed them at the same time so it's just a routine they've got into and to break those routines are sometimes quite difficult aren't they? Mm. Then why, why should they <laughs> what are some of the things you noticed with amanda as the owner so amanda came with us on the walk and i and i just kind of observed really and and you noticed some key things straight away which i hadn't even seen I'm always looking for an interaction between a dog and the owner when I see them. So whenever you come to me for a consult, the first thing we do is just walk around the paddock a little bit. Um, And I'm really just looking at the dog and seeing, is there any interaction? Because that gives me an indication of, is there a relationship with the dog? And if there's Mm -hmm. no relationship, then sometimes it can be hard to train. because the dog's more interested in everything else. So how exciting are you for your dog, really, I suppose? And one thing I noticed that there wasn't a lot of interaction there. So, so we changed that quite quickly, didn't we? Um, 
and, and the best way of doing that is using a treat. Yeah. <laughs> dog's motivated, toy, a treat, that kind of thing. Just get your dog interested in you and then you can start to suggest some really good behaviours. Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. It, we'll come on to that, uh, to that in detail more throughout this um, in the next 10 or 15 minutes. Mm. I warmly uh, invite you to call and get some advice around what you're thinking of doing with a dog, whether you want to get a particular breed, if that's the right breed for you. Any of those questions can be answered now with Darren Rowe and the number is 0800 844 747. Now, I used to think in order to teach a dog to walk at your heel, it was because you had habitually had a packet of treats in your pocket. Is that the way to do it? Well, I'd take a step right back, first of all, and, and think about, well, why does the dog want to walk with you? A dog wants to walk with you because it wants to be with you. Mm. Okay. So first of all, when you've got uh, the collar on a dog, I guess, they're always trying to escape the collar because it hurts. So, so when they're pulling that, in my opinion, they're trying to escape that collar and they just keep pulling and pulling and pulling to get mm-hmm. away. So take it one step back and make that place, the heel place that we call heel, um, the best place in the world. Now, it doesn't have to be on the left-hand side. I think we talked about why dogs always walk on the left-hand side through the obedience. It's because mm. normally we'd have a gun or a horse on the other side. Not many people walk around like that, so it could be <laughs> left or right. It's whatever, whatever works for you, really, whatever works for a dog as well. Yeah. Um, my Border Collies are a little bit in front. They want to work ahead of me. My setters are kind of just anywhere, really. Right. <laughs> but they're not pulling on the lead, and that's the important thing. They're not dragging me down the street. I'm not trying to float Darren Rowe's boat here, but I can tell you now, within <laughs> it wasn't 30 seconds, within a minute of walking Izzy in a different way with a different style of lead, she was not pulling. Yeah. And I was going, what, what sort of witchery is this? Well, we automatically assume it's a dog's fault, don't we, when, we, when the dog's pulling on the lead. But actually, it's all to do with the physics and the mechanics of the, the way that we use the lead. I mean, mm. just think of it, um, common sense, really. You stick a collar on your neck and you start tugging that, you're going to want to get away from it. Mm. So it kind of sets up that push-pull, dog pulling away straight away. As soon as you take the, the pressure and put it somewhere else, and in this case, we put it on the chest, on the front of the body, she just relaxed, didn't she? You could just see mm. the tension fall out of the body and she was just walking quite nicely. So for those who can't watch us, which is everybody at the moment, <laughs> although in fairness, you can go and watch that video, you can't can you? can do now, yeah. If you go onto my Facebook page, um, just search Mindfulness for Dogs or M for Dogs or mm. even on Instagram now as well. Mm. Um, you can find it and have a look. And, and like I say, we, there was nothing cut out there. We just... That's right. what it was, wasn't it, really? But for those without social media where the video is and you can go and watch how Izzy walked so beautifully mm. with this harness, which for me is quite new. Okay. So describe that for people just with radio. So, so it's, a, it's a particular type of harness I like to use. I like to use Easy Dog harnesses, and, and it's a way the, the harness fits quite nicely around the dog, and it's a really easy one because it goes over the head, so there's no faffing around trying to get your feet in there and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's just the way I use the lead more than anything. So the lead takes the pressure off the neck and puts the pressure onto the chest. Um, which really just changes the whole dynamics. The dog is more balanced and more centred, and then they can see the world better. But it was more than that too. It was the the horse rope that you used, that beautiful big soft rope. Yeah, so I like to use um, nice soft ropes because... um, for me, a lot of the flat leads, they really hurt. If a dog does pull, it really hurts. And, and it's more if you've, we talked about horse riding, and when you're on a horse, if you suddenly yank the leads on a horse, you're, you're over. They're, mm. they're going to throw you right over because they don't like it. And, and likewise, dogs. So it's those subtle movements rather than sort of um, big yanks that's just not going to work and, and very small, subtle movements, almost like a trigger. So there you go. You can teach yeah. an old dog new tricks. And Izzy is by, she'd be so offended if she heard me now because she's not old. She's only five. <laughs> she's only five. But I love the way that you had her focusing on you rather yeah. than the treat too. She, that connection yeah. with the owner is important, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. And, and one of the things that we do um, probably wrong when we're training dogs, we keep the treat there for a lot, long time. People always say to me, oh, do you use treats old? And that dog's not going to be interested in me. But when I use a treat, it's just to get that initial interaction, that initial reward i mean if 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 you were doing a job and suddenly i said to you woman that i'm not going to pay you 
you probably wouldn't be too interested in doing the job. So you've got to give some kind of payment, some kind of reward. But then if you just keep paying the same amount, they get a bit blasé and then they're just working for the treat. So it's mm. about working for you. Okay. So we shift the attention to the owner. We're going to focus on Christmas coming up as yeah. well in the next uh, 10, 15 minutes around which kennels should you choose, how do you choose one, and how long is too long to leave your dog alone. But if you've got questions, not alone, but, you know, that sounds mean, but with somebody else, that's not you. If you've got questions around your dog regarding a new puppy or anything at all, the number is 0800 844 747. And 0800 844 747 to have a chat with Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. Don't be shy, he won't bite you. (laughs) Um, That is probably the biggest concern. I know we're going off on a bit of a segue here, but I noticed yesterday that my little buddy Aidan and I, we were walking in the Riverhead Forest and there was a guy walking towards us with two dogs. Yeah. When he noticed us, he put a Welsh Border Collie on a lead. And I yeah. thought, that's unusual. They're a lovely, friendly dog. This one was horrible. Yeah. And when I said to Aiden, are you looking into that dog's eyes? Because this dog wanted to have a go, and it was mm. focusing on Aiden. So he was staring at the dog. Why so, is that a problem? So I always say if you don't know the dog, don't stare at the dog because you never know what you're saying and, and, and that full on eye contact can be quite a challenge to a dog but when, when dogs meet dogs they, they sort of like look to the side and there's a whole lot of body language that sort of calms the situation down but mm. when we stare directly at a dog it's quite intimidating and that dog may be coming from a place of right this has happened a lot I'm going to grab you I'm gonna he go really you. did or it might yeah. be well I'm going to run away when they're on the lead because they can only fight or fight can they really yeah. so when they're on a the lead they can't fly so there's only one option, really, isn't it? That's to fight. And, yeah, and that's yeah. why suddenly you get these dogs that lunge from nowhere. Mm. And they're just feeling trapped in and they can't deal with it, so they just lunge forward. They're not necessarily aggressive. They're more sort of, like, scared and fearful. He was a beautiful young Welsh border collie mm. with eyes like David Bowie. Yes. Why is that? They have the two different coloured eyes. Oh, that's that's called the mill gene. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Very so we, cool. we've got blue mills where you get the whole striated colour oh, and everything. I gorgeous. love it. Yeah. I've got a, an eye that's slightly different, but I'm not David Bowie <laughs> or a dog. Liz, good morning, Liz. Oh, good morning. Good morning, um, Liz. To Darren. Hi, Darren. Um, we've got a, we think, nine-year-old um, Hunterway. We inherited about a year ago, and we don't know his history. Right. But we've, we find that when he gets frightened with storms, bangs, he just jumps on us and is fighting with us. What do we do? When you say fighting, do you mean trying to bite you, or...? No, no, he just climbs and crawls. Right, so so that's a typical sort of fear response, isn't it, really? Yes, yes. Um, so there's some really good um, products out there. Well, well first of all, <clears throat> sorry, in terms of your behaviour, the last thing you really want to do is sort of like, console him in a in a child way so again oh there there you're fine because that actually makes it tends to make it worse and you can see them starting to shake way more um that physical contact i don't have a problem with the physical contact as long as it's not you're not stroking him like crazily unless you're doing some sort of calming massage which is always good but have you heard of um the the thunder shirts doesn't work we've got one you've got one have you oh okay because they're normally quite good the other thing you can do is if, he, if he's crate trained um, just depends on no, nine walk. years old. That might be something you might want to look at because you can cover um, that up with a blanket, make it nice and calm, put the radio on in the background, and that might calm him down. But um, it's a hard one because anything you add to um, in terms of talking sort of stuff like that, it's just getting him more and more excited and into that sort of fearful zone. So yes, really just having a calm place for him to be. It well, will pass we, in we, the end. Oh, it, yes, it does, it does pass. Um, we give him karmics. Comics, yeah, some of those things are really good, definitely. Which which sort of help as long as we know something's going to happen, but yeah. obviously they don't 
we don't always know. No, I mean, around Christmas time, you know there's going to be sort of fireworks and stuff like yeah. that, so that's always yeah. worth sort of trying to think about. But he'll, he'll just come and wake us up and, you know, literally claw. Oh, really? Um, and, you know, we've tried putting him in rooms, but he's just claws the door. We've got oh, certainly I think him. he would need to be with you guys because you're his stability, I would say. But okay, it's how but you act. It's about you being that role model and showing complete calmness and quietness rather than sort of sort of saying, oh, there's a good boy, you're okay, you'll be fine, because that's oh, quite a weak no, thing. Yeah, we, we don't do that. We just yeah. even, if we're in the same room, you can't sit down, he'll climb on you. You can't, you've got to be standing. Okay. And even then he's climbing up. Yeah, it sounds like quite a, a real fear-based anxiety there. And what I'd probably recommend over the phone is probably not something... I mean, all I, all the things you're doing sounds the kind of thing I'd be recommending, but I'd probably try and enlist a proper canine behaviourist to help you with that one if it, if it was me. Right. Yep. No, that, that's who we've thought about that. We yeah, I would do, because it, it, it's only going to get worse. It's not going to get any better. Right. Yeah, and well, then that, it might that, end up being other behaviours that then you've got to deal with. Like aggression might pay to get in touch, Liz, with Darren Roy at Mindfulness for Dogs. That would be a good yeah. idea, yeah. And I can, if, okay. um, if you're not in my area, I can certainly recommend you somebody. That would be lovely. Yeah. Okay, thank you so Thanks, much. Liz. Awesome. Thank Cheers. you, Liz. Now, at this time of the year, if you haven't already booked <coughs> in with a kennel, you're going to probably find it very hard to find uh, one, right? I don't think you're going to get one now, to be honest. Mm. They, um, the local kennels around us, there's some like six months booked up mm. for Christmas. Is but it fair to say... Try- <laughs> would it be fair to say that any decent kennel would be booked out, or is that just a fallacy? Ooh, um, I would say so, wouldn't you? I mean, if if, if a kennel's worth its uh, weight in gold, then they'll be booked up and they'll have a waiting list. But um, if I would be arguing if they're not booked up, then why? Mm. But then go and see them, you know. Just because somebody else doesn't like them doesn't mean it's not... Uh, but how do you know? Are they regulated in any way by the no, councils? There's, there's, or? I don't think so. I don't right. think there's many regulations. One thing I have found, though, is um, go onto the grapevines, you know, the Facebook grapevines, and just ask for recommendations, and you get real positive and negative feedback, and you can really weigh up the situation. Mm. People are pretty good at telling you if they don't like places. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. It is difficult when you don't use Facebook, and some of us mm. can't stand the site, but, you know, some love it. But anyway, look, there are different ways. Maybe just talk to people that you know that have dogs as well. Yeah. yeah. And phone up a dog trainer. I mean, they, they, they tend to not give um, recommend places, but what they'll tell you is if they've heard anything bad from other places, from clients yeah. and stuff like that. Sounds good. 22 past 9, 0800 844 747. Ring that number and you can have a free chat now with Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. When it comes to buying stuff for Christmas, a lot of the stuff you're buying, your dog's never going to have seen before. What's some of the stuff that's really dangerous with dogs? Yeah, so Christmas is a festive time, isn't it? And we're getting all those special things that we, we think make Christmas <laughs> for us. And, and sometimes they're, they're, I don't know, they're probably not very good for us either, to be honest. But there are some key <laughs> things that we really need to be careful of, okay? Because dogs can get really ill over Christmas because we're not really thinking necessarily mm. and we just drop things down. If you've got kids, kids throw things on the floor. So I've got a, a few things. I'll just mention some. If you do want to find um, the definitive list, you can go onto my Facebook page and there's a, um, a link to um, all of the documents oh, I'm great. going to talk about. So you can get the and, – and there's more information there. There's a, a company called um, – petfat.co.nz they do first aid stuff so that's a really good website um so first one alcohol okay dogs do not drink alcohol and i know we don't feed our dogs alcohol but we quite often drop our glasses down on the floor and the old dog gets a nose in there like it's a cup of tea can i just say that's completely (laughs) wrong dogs love beer no they do that's right but they're not supposed to but they're not meant to because it dehydrates them completely doesn't it and i think it dehydrates them way quicker than us and it can lead to liver failure and all sorts sorry about that dogs dogs of my past (laughs) yeah says more about yourself (laughs) um 
Artificial sweeteners. Now, xyotol, that's that's a killer of dogs. Okay? Oh. And that's in lots of little sweeties. And we're all trying to be healthy so we don't have the, the proper sugars and we go for those artificial sugars. Whether that's healthy or not is another thing. A but, um, yeah, but Yeah, but that can cause, that can kill a dog really quickly. Um, I've, I've actually known someone who, a dog stole some chewing gum and it killed him within about, well, within 15 hours that dog was dead. Oh, no. Nothing they could do about it either. So really careful on the old xyotol and that sort of thing, um, chewing gums. Some classic ones, chocolate. Yeah. And I hear this all the time. Yeah, my dog stole chocolate and he's fine, but there's long-term problems that could happen with a liver um, due to chocolate ingestions like that. So even though a dog doesn't look like it's sort of hurt, it, it's still going to cause problems. Yeah, I'd heard that to- yeah. uh, it's quite toxic the for dogs. Builds up in Are the some dogs more susceptible to that kind of thing than others or is it just oh i'm not sure actually about that yeah. i'd have to check with the vet on that one but um yeah. certainly uh certain breeds are more likely to steal things than others definitely yeah, yeah. oh me. there's a reason why it's called a chocolate labrador i think oh. <laughs> that's a very good point you know i knew a, a labrador years ago that ate a kilo of cheese oh, now that wow. dog was not hungry no. but some dogs just go oh my god i've got to eat it all yeah. well dogs are opportunistic they never know when they're going to get the next oh. food do they so they're not grazers so if they see food they eat it simple as that it's a great diet to be on isn't it especially oh. around christmas <laughs> oh, heck yeah. What else do you need to be wary of? Right, so um, grapes. Um, oh. Grapes can cause kidney failure. Now, they don't know whether it's actually the grape or it's the chemicals that are sprayed on the grapes. Right. Um, but certainly the raisins and the currants. Um, I've seen dogs die really quickly through those kind of things. And that's the kind of thing that we have in those little mixes in the bowls. And they're just on the table, just big enough for the dog to get his nose over there. Yeah. Um, macadamia nuts. Really? Really bad. Garlic, really bad. Why? Uh just really toxic to the liver, generally to the liver mainly, but they can cause seizures and, and, and all sorts of cute... Isn't yeah. it bizarre how it's so good for us, supposedly, and yeah. not so good for dogs? Yeah, and I think I think we've got to bear in mind that there's a certain level that they have to get before they die, so there'll right. be all these sort of things, but I say don't give them it at all and then we're fine, aren't we? Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah okay. Dogs are quite clever, though. You know, they, they do tend to... An adult dog will tend to realise it's bad for them, but puppies, they mm. don't know. So they're the ones that are more susceptible. They don't really understand anything. Just going back to the grapes, I yeah. read a study many years ago now that said that with some grapes imported from some countries, this is totally vague, <laughs> can have up to nine different systemic sprays. So you can wash them as much as you like. Yeah, you never get rid of it. No, no. exactly. And I think that's probably something that we should be thinking about in terms of our bodies as I well. I do. Yeah, I do definitely. when I'm scoffing grapes. I'm thinking, oh, what am I actually... Yeah. That's probably why I look like probably I do. Probably best go straight for the wine. Yeah, yeah. well, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get rid of all those sprays, just drink the wine. Uh, when you're going away from from your dog mm. we all love our dogs but we don't really give a flying fart to be honest we want to go away we don't want the dog at the beach house with us so we send the dog to the kennel but how long is too long mm, that's an interesting one um because dogs long? always they don't know you're coming back do they oh uh, if you tell them they do oh really yeah yeah you gotta tell them we, we um joking aside we always every time our dogs go to bed we say oh uh it's nighttime, night sleepies, yeah. And and if we're going away for three days, it's three night sleepies or two night sleepies. You're not telling me they know. Come on, surely. <laughs> I don't know, but it makes me feel better. So yeah. then when I'm leaving, possibly I'm not as um, stressed out about leaving my dog as they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you take them to a really nice kennels, then they're having a great time anyway. They probably don't even realise you've gone, to be wow. honest. <laughs> when I used to pick up my little border terrier, he would be so happy to see you he was almost having a seizure wrapping his le- you know arms around your leg yeah. don't leave me again <laughs> incredible uh, it, it's a quite the jubilation yeah well, well the thing is you connection. split the family up haven't you and and if they if they don't really know that you're not coming back suddenly it's like well every day they're waking up thinking is he going to come back today or has mm. he left me completely I yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah so we always tell them <laughs> yeah all the same that we'll be back um you've got on here pets replacing children what do you mean by that Oh, um, 
I think sometimes when we buy animals, we buy them for the wrong reasons. Mm. And I think we've got to be quite careful that we are not um, treating our animals <coughs> like children. Uh, and there are some subtle differences that we need to understand. We can... Dogs aren't very good at being humans, and, and we're not very good at being dogs, basically. So, mm -hmm. so let's make sure that we understand that a dog is a dog and a human is a human. Yeah, doesn't mean they can't live happily together. It just means that we have to understand things from a dog's perspective. So, so showering our dog with a thousand toys and gifts and loads of food isn't really going to help the dog. It might help a child. It probably won't help a child either, will it? Um, but we've just got to make sure that we're we're behaving appropriately around that child and and. I'm not one to dress a dog up in fancy no. clothes and things like that. Apart from Christmas, where it's quite fun, isn't it? But yeah, it's a bit that strange. That sort of thing, you know, it's yeah. not a surrogate child, it's a dog. And yeah, it needs yeah. to be understood. Otherwise, you get behavioural issues and then you're having to get a behaviourist out to deal with them. It's all your fault. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> right. And some of the stuff that we do to dogs, we understand completely what we're doing. The dog has no idea and we think the dog's having a great time. Yeah. Just very quickly, I want to ask you about some of the... Some of the signals that show you the dog is not completely happy. Now, yeah. one thing I picked up on with Izzy was the licking of the top lip and the yeah. nose. What does that mean? So, so there's a whole load of calming signals that dogs do. Dogs are very good at diffusing um, uh, situations that they're not comfortable with. And, mm. and one of the things we do all the time, especially around Christmas, I guess, is we give those dogs a cuddle, don't we? And we, we put our head right in towards their head. And if you watch every time you do that, you see this great big um, lip curling, we call it. Mm. And it's not just licking you, and it's not just licking the lips because they're hungry. It's like a really big sort of around, almost touching the nose mm. kind of lick, yeah? And, and that's a calming signal to you, um, or a stress signal to say, just back off, mate. That's too much. Now, some dogs will do that, and then they'll accept what's going on, but you're building stress up in a dog. Some dogs, that's a warning. You do it again, bang, they told you, you mm. know, and, and you may have been nibbled or, or worse, yeah? yeah? Especially little babies. When babies jump on dogs, some dogs are so tolerant, but there's only a point where they get to, isn't it? They, and they can. Yeah. They can snap, can't Definitely, they? All yeah. right. There are so many things you can learn by speaking with Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. And that's it for the year, isn't it, really? It is, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so wow. much for everything you've done throughout what the year. Crazy year it's been, though. Oh, it's incredible. Year, it really it, has. And are you going away for Christmas? Um, we're we're going to try and get away. Um, obviously, with six dogs, it's a bit of a hard <laughs> one, but we, we, wow. we're working on that one, shall we say? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Darren, so just for those who haven't managed to catch, catch up with you now, how do they get in touch? Yeah, so you can find me on um, Facebook and uh, Instagram just search for either Darren Rowe with a, a D-A-R-R-A-N okay um, or you can find me um, at mindfulnessfordogs or mfordogs.com.co.nz brilliant thank you once again <laughs> we'll catch up with you again next year